0: In what may be the most serious escalation in the online censorship wars, Facebook has outright banned all Australian news content. Now, that's the official report, but we do a major update from yesterday. It's not just news. It's opinion commentary. It is emergency services. It is apparently children's hospitals. Facebook is just pressing down on Australia saying, go F yourself. Now, this all has to do with this new law they put into place, where they're telling Facebook you gotta give a cut of your ad revenue to the news services when when you post or share links from these companies, because you are essentially infringing on their market. Facebook says, "Nah, we ain't infringing on their market. We don't work the same way Google does." And we'll we'll break down this argument when we get deeper into the story. But what we're seeing right now is that Facebook, being one of the most powerful platforms, social so, so, social entities. We all communicate and share on Facebook. They have now shut down the information superhighway for the most part. It's being likened to the railroads. Back in the day when the railroad companies were unregulated, if they had a problem with a small town because small town was putting pressure on them, they'd say, train doesn't stop for you anymore. So many of these towns, you got to understand in the United States, only survived because of the railroads. In the past couple year or so, I've been looking at places in the middle of nowhere to try and set up a business. And what I wanted to do was kind of revive an area that was probably struggling due to these changes. I encountered many cities that used to be thriving maybe 50 to 100 years ago because the railroad, the trains were so important when they would stop in these towns, they would need to resupply. People would have jobs working on supply lines and things like this. There are areas that would produce, say, coal. And then the trains would stop and they would set up a shipment of coal and things like that. Well, once the trains weren't as necessary, we started uh, uh, transporting things by freight and just bringing them in through coastal ports. These towns started dying off. But let's go back in time. When the railroads were the lifeblood of these towns, the monopolies would just basically say, we know because we own the trains and the railroads, we can skip your town over because we've got all the other towns to supply us with the goods we need. And we can make you suffer and put pressure on you. Well, eventually it resulted in regulation. Facebook is essentially the same thing. People use Facebook as a way to make money. They run their businesses on Facebook. Facebook has monopolized in many ways, not entirely advertising because Google has for the most has uh, has as well. But it's really split between Facebook and Google, hence this law. So Facebook is saying. All of your information is shared through us. Your news, your emergency services bulletins, we can cut you off. And they did. This is crazy. People woke up to see in Australia, nothing in their feeds. Pages just wiped. No posts at all. Gone. Facebook said, you want to make us pay money? Nah. F you, Australian government. The entire country of Australia. What is that, like 60 million people? I don't know how many people live in Australia. Maybe more than that. I don't know. Maybe less. I don't know. They're being told by an American company, shut up and do as you're told because we own you. Facebook has become too powerful. I have been calling for their regulation for a long time. Well, here we go. Australia sought to regulate to a certain degree, and Facebook just laughed in their face. Now, part of me says maybe it's a good thing, my friends. You know why? Because the fake news. All right, there's, there's a story right now from the Washington Post that is the most ridiculous fake narrative about Adam Krigler. You guys might know Adam, is a friend of mine, and he was a, a co-host on Timcast IRL for, for a decent amount of time. They just made up this story claiming that he, he only really talked about skateboarding until the pandemic hit, and now he's like, you know, got a bigger audience because he went political, and it's like, what, what are you talking about? Like He was always political, and, 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 the, and his show started after the pandemic. They didn't fact check any of this. It's fake news. Maybe I'll get into that more later. So I'm wondering now if people are being cut off from the addiction machine that is Facebook. Maybe it ain't so bad. And maybe Facebook has just cut off its nose to spite its face. Here's the story from CNN. And let me just stress, I understand CNN is garbage. Well, I fact checked the story. I have evidence of the story. And I'll tell you how I often choose these news stories. I don't like CNN. But I like using CNN to prove points, right? If CNN is saying it's true and we don't trust them and we have evidence to back it up, then it's probably true because CNN often puts out bad information. And it's mostly the TV guys, to be honest, like Brian Stelter. He's, he's, Brian Stelter is one of the worst in terms of putting out fake news. You know, he, uh, he literally just puts out the most ridiculous stuff. But I digress. I factored the story. I'll use CNN as a source on purpose. Facebook bans news in Australia as fight with government escalates. And I'll also stress this one point as well. I do think most news outlets produce real news, but they have a large tendency to put out whatever they can to get ratings. And often, very, very often, maybe half the time or more, you get some twisted framing and manipulation. But let's read. What is Facebook without news? People and publishers in Australia are now finding out. Facebook has barred Australians from finding or sharing news on its service, a dramatic escalation of a fight with the government that may have wide-ranging consequences both in the country and around the world. The social networking company on Wednesday said that people and publishers in Australia will no longer be able to, to share or see any news from local international outlets. The decision appears to be the most restrictive move Facebook has ever taken against content publishers. The company's action comes after months of tension with the Australian government, which has proposed legislation... That would force tech platforms to pay news publishers for content. Quote, what the proposed law introduced in Australia fails to recognize is the fundamental nature of the relationship between our platform and publishers. Campbell Brown, Facebook's vice president of global news partnerships, wrote in a blog post, contrary to what some have suggested, Facebook did does not steal news content. Publishers choose to share their stories on Facebook. That is not true. You see, what is what is Facebook doing? Facebook has said they're banning people, people from sharing news stories. That's right. Publishers don't choose for random people to share the links to their stories on Facebook. It's not not a whole lot they can do. They could probably do some stuff. But the idea that it's just the publishers choosing to do it is Facebook basically saying, we don't want to take, you know, we, we we don't want to pay up. We don't want to pay up. I hope in the future we can include news for people in Australia once again. Now here's, Australia fires back, but check this out. Claire Lehman. She is the, I believe, the founder of Quillette. Quillette's an awesome magazine. If you're not familiar, you should check it out. They, it's basically intellectual dark web type conversations, giving you an honest look and sometimes dangerous opinions. Claire tweets as an Australian. She got kangaroo in her, in her profile. So, you know, she's Australian because the, the kangaroo is the national sim. I'm kidding. Facebook didn't just shut down Australian news sites. It shut down government agency pages, hospitals, fire and rescue, Bureau of Meteorology, just hours after Zuckerberg spoke to our government and without warning. If a foreign government did this, China, it would be called terror. This one person responded, if a foreign government did that, it would be called sabotage or war. But Facebook, not a government, didn't shut down Australian news or government sites. They're all still there. It just it shut down part of Facebook's own service. That isn't any crime, let alone terror. And Claire responded, railroads used to shut down their services to businesses they didn't like before they were regulated, too. Here, here, Claire. Spot on. That's what I've been saying. They have monopolized the information highway, public discourse. We don't share news through newspapers anymore. I mean, we kind of do, but come on. Paper and print, nah, it's out of here. So when you used to go to the local bodega in New York and grab a copy of the New York Times to figure out what was going on. We, for the most part, don't do that. And some, some people probably still do it. No, we go on social media. Facebook has monopolized the platforms with which we communicate and share information. And now they are flexing their muscles. Well, Zuckerberg isn't particularly muscular, but his monopolistic business muscles. Well, Australia fires back, so saith CNN Business. The decision effectively makes good on a threat Facebook made during a hearing in Australia Senate last month when the company suggested it could block content in the country if the bill becomes law. The news ban has already been met with confusion and criticism in the country. Fire and emergency services, domestic violence charities, state health agencies and other organizations said they were also affected by the restrictions, prompting outrage among those who said Facebook was restricting access to vital information. In response, the company has said it will reverse pages inadvertently impacted by its move. I don't think it was inadvertent. In my personal opinion, Facebook did it on purpose. You know why? It's a warning shot. It's a shot across the bow. That means they're letting you know, we will destroy you. Facebook is too powerful. Google is too powerful. I don't think breaking them up is the answer. Andrew Yang made a good point. He said, how many of you want to use Bing? You don't. It's tough. So perhaps regulation is the answer. I can't give you all the answers because I don't know them. Let's read more. Quote, These actions will only confirm the concerns that an increasing number of countries are expressing about the behavior of big tech companies who think they are bigger than governments and that the rules should not apply to them, wrote Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison in a post on his own Facebook page, which did not appear to have been affected by the restrictions. They may be changing the world, but that doesn't mean they run it. Officials said the move came without prior warning from the company. Facebook was wrong. Australian Treasurer Josh Frydenberg told reporters at a press conference Thursday. Frydenberg has been a key liaison between the government and the tech firms on the issue, having met earlier with Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg to discuss the proposed legislation. Facebook's actions were unnecessary. They were heavy handed and they will damage its reputation here in Australia. I don't think they care. A brewing debate. The fight between big tech and Australia has been brewing for some time. The country's regulators released a draft of their proposed rules last summer, which would allow certain media outlets to bargain either individually or collectively with Facebook and Google so they could be paid for the news distributed on those websites. Publishers have been arguing for these rules, too. And one of the fiercest proponents is Rupert Murdoch's News Corp. Let me give you a breakdown. Google, what they do is they crawl websites. That means the Google software goes to websites, sees what they're talking about, and that's how their search engine basically works. So when you type in a word, I want to learn about cookie recipes. The Google web crawler finds keywords related to cookies, and then when you search, it shows you the things that are most likely to be relevant. We like Google. It's like, it's how most people find websites. It's fantastic, right? Well, something happened. News outlets would write stories. People would then search on Google, say, you know, Donald Trump. The search results would give you the text of these news stories to a certain degree. News outlets then said that is the product. Look, if people are looking for cookie recipes, they come to the cookie recipe website, they read our well, nobody reads the recipe stories for whatever reason they have them there. It's to increase it's to decrease the bounce rate, increase time on the page. They want you to go to their website. So that you see an ad and they make money. But because Google is basically copying the text and publishing it on Google, a lot of people will just read the headline in the first paragraph and be like, there's the news. So now these news outlets are saying people aren't coming to our site because Google is publishing this to Google News. Google says it's publicly available information that we're just crawling, and the publishers say there is a difference between showing someone publicly available information and just reproducing it without commentary for For what reason. There's no fair use argument in this. It directly infringes on our market. Now, there's potentially some fair use arguments that probably wouldn't, you know, don't reach uh, any particular threshold, wouldn't work because Google is mass pulling all this content. So we've had the New York Times and many other outlets say Google needs to pay up. I think they were saying like $5.3 billion a year or something in lost revenue because of this. Well, Facebook isn't the same. With Facebook, people do have to post the content. And then Facebook just uses the SEO available in the articles. So Facebook isn't doing the same thing. The issue, issue, however, Facebook is trying to argue. News publishers put the news on the platform. Yes, that's true. And if they said, okay, fine, then we won't allow news publishers to post their own news. That makes sense. But why then block regular people from sharing that news? That's a deal that these news publishers have to have with the individual. Well, they claim that's not the case, but it is. Regular people can't post either now. And like I said, or like they mentioned in the news story, it's not just about news services, it's about emergency services. Facebook is just saying we want the money. We want none of the responsibility. If Facebook is using shared links to make money, then I think it's only fair that those links get a, get uh get uh get a cut. Think about it this way on YouTube, I choose to record these segments and upload them. YouTube gives me the bulk of the ad revenue from this. Why not Facebook? Facebook doesn't do that. If a story is shared on Facebook, you don't get anything. That's they, 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 nothing. It's just congratulations. Maybe they'll click your link and you'll get ad revenue. A lot of companies used to rely on that, but it was stripping away a good portion of their ad revenue. Now, to be honest, a lot of companies got their start this way, like BuzzFeed. Let's read a little bit more. They say the Murdoch-owned news conglomerate, which includes much, much of Australian media and some UK outlets, as well as the Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, struck a deal earlier this week with Google. Which along with Facebook has been a vocal critic of proposed Australia rules. Google, which had earlier threatened to shut down its search engine in Australia to, uh, altogether if the rules become law, has signaled now that it's taking a different approach from its Silicon Valley rival. Regardless of how big tech approaches the situation in Australia, the tussle between governments and these companies has become a press as pre- more pressing as authorities in the US, Europe, and elsewhere consider new laws to keep them in check. Facebook and Google, meanwhile, have debuted programs to pay for news in recent years, though those services aren't available everywhere. Facebook, for example, created Facebook News, a section of the app featuring curated news stories where selected publishers are paid for participating. William Easton, managing director of Facebook Australia and New Zealand, wrote in a blog post on Wednesday that Facebook was set to launch the feature in Australia, but only, quote, with the right rules in place. What 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 can we look forward to? Facebook, I think is playing a dangerous game. Maybe they realized they couldn't win anyway, so they decided to go to war, and it's all they could really do. If Facebook just caved to the government's demands to pay publishers for the content they produce and was being shared on their platform, then Facebook loses. And then what? More regulation? So Facebook says, why not? It'll cost us almost nothing. What makes Facebook work? People want to stay on the platform. And you know why Facebook doesn't care about this? Long a, a while ago now, Facebook realized news is bad. This is a couple of years ago. There were a lot of uh, websites that would use the algorithm on Facebook to make tons of money writing about police brutality and social justice issues because it was rage bait and it got people to share. Facebook then realized eventually it was making a ton of money for those sites, not a whole lot of money for them because people were leaving. Not only that, it was making people angry. Really angry, and that wasn't good for them because, as much as it does get those shares and drives engagement, they need people. They want they need people to want to be on the platform to enjoy their time there. They decided to start uh, propping up. This is a while ago. People, uh, friends, and family, and things like this. So several years ago now, there's there's an old uh, funny meme where someone discovered if you make a post on Facebook where you say just had a baby or just got just had a baby or just got married. Your post would appear in the top of everyone's feeds because Facebook determined people engage with that the most or their algorithm did. So people started posting things like major news, just got married and had a baby. None of that's true, actually. I just want to let you know I have a show coming up basically exploiting the algorithms. Facebook doesn't want news, so they didn't care to nuke news. That's the important thing. They don't care. Maybe this is a good thing in the end. Maybe this is a bit has been part of the problem. You know, I, I, I there's there's this uh, graph. This uh, guy Zach Goldberg published from LexisNexis, is a database, right? Instances of the word racism and privilege and all of these things, they skyrocket like hockey sticks straight up around 2008 to 2010. Why? Facebook. These news publishers realized that was getting the most shares. Rage bait, injustice, racism, bigotry, hate make people hate. It worked. They started growing. BuzzFeed became massive. Huffington Post became massive. Vox became massive. Mike.com and like Huffington Post, for instance, they weren't woke in the beginning. Then they got woke because they saw what worked. They saw what was making them money. If Facebook does get rid of news, it could actually fix so much, so much that's wrong with this world. People would stop sharing stories about anger and Trump and all this other nonsense and start talking to each other about how was the game last night? Did you check out Martha's bakery? She's got new cookies in. People will start seeing things from their friends and their families about local issues. And that's way more important than rage, 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 rage. Now, look, as for YouTube and Twitter and other platforms, They'll keep going, so I don't think it'll ultimately solve the problem. And I think what is likely to happen is Facebook will cave. But, you know, honestly, I don't know. The fact that Facebook took down these uh emergency services just goes to show you how right all of us have been for a long time about the danger of letting but my private company do whatever they want. It's remarkable, isn't it? Being right for this long and now sitting here saying, I told you so. But to all of these establishment liberals. Do they think it's really a good thing that Facebook can disable emergency services? Look at what's going on right now across this country with the weather disaster. People need their lines of communication. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of problems with Facebook and Twitter and how they facilitate the flow of information. But come on, man. If someone puts out an alert on Facebook, hey, here's what's happening. That's going to be the way that most people find that information. They're not turning the radio on anymore. Maybe that's what needs to happen, though. Maybe this needs to be the catalyst for people to finally say, we shouldn't use Facebook in this way. And maybe people will start seeking out alternatives already in, you in, in I, I got, know, I got to say, we need to do a study on what's happening in Australia. What What's the political atmosphere going to be like? What will people believe without their uh, link to the woke rage bait? Will they continue to be able to to hold this insane cult ideology? I don't think so. I don't. And I'll tell you this, certainly our adversaries, not just the US but Australia uh, but Australia and Europe, they exploit these systems. And I mean, it's long been known that China and Russia and other enemies exploit these these platforms. I mean, you've got Xinhua News Agency, you've got RT Sputnik. I do think it's hilarious that in the US Sputnik and RT are considered to be like foreign propaganda and like evil, but they never talk about Xinhua, which is China. Yeah. You know? I'm 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 here for this. You know what I mean? Good. Let them do it. This is going to be an excellent opportunity to figure out the damage Facebook causes. And for us, for for a lot of people to finally realize how dangerous it is for them to have the power they have. And because of what's happening now in Australia, the U.S. might finally act. Hey, but I'm not entirely confident. Why? Well, because, you know, special interests and a special interest and politicians will just do as they're told. So we'll see how it plays out. But uh, at least now you can all say, I told you so. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. As most of you are probably aware, once in a lifetime, winter weather is slamming the United States, reaching all the way down to Texas, a place that doesn't normally get this severe winter weather is now dealing with massive power outages. Pipes are bursting and, well, serious cold is risking people's lives. Other parts of the country are dealing with this as well. Over on the East Coast is a major winter storm slamming into everyone. The big news, for the most part, is that there's a power outage, a serious one in Texas. And this is mostly due to the fault of Texas for not winterizing their electrical grid. It's not about wind power. It's not about coal or natural gas. It's all of it. Texas was not prepared for this. Many have argued they should have been. Other places, like in Arkansas, for instance, are getting cold weather as well. But they've actually prepared and a lot of people are saying you can't really blame Texas for not being ready for serious winter weather. That doesn't happen except for once in maybe 100 years. Well, the big story may be uh, power outages. And now politically, Ted Cruz flying to Cancun. The one aspect of this that will likely affect all of you is the food shortages. This image I have displayed on the screen is from a CNN reporter saying that their mother went shopping in Houston and it is empty shelves. Food shortages are coming to Texas. And this is going to put many more people at risk. And I have been warning many people about the potential for this. But more importantly, food inflation, that's what's going to affect you in the long run. The government has been spending money like crazy, pumping dollars into the system because they shut everything down. And while many people have been warning about warning against shutting down the economy because of what it'll lead to, it seems like many Democrats just did not care. Well, truth be told, Donald Trump was also calling for this stimulus and the printing of this money, and the Republicans said no. In the end, I don't think it matters all that much. Either food becomes more expensive or food doesn't exist. At the beginning of the pandemic, we saw major food shortages. Stores were empty. In one instance, a food bank that was set up had people storm through the gates, fighting over what little food there was. This is what happens when there's no COVID relief. Now, when they actually pump money into the system— What ends up happening is the economy may move to a certain degree, but then we are going to see massive inflation. The price of wheat is going up, and now you will likely see very, very high prices for groceries you normally buy. Now you probably can't. Included in the stimulus relief bill is a call for $15 an hour minimum wage. What that really means after all of this inflation, it doesn't matter how much you're earning hourly. I mean, it kind of does. You'll need a raise. That's what's scary. If the cost of milk is normally three bucks for a half gallon or something to that effect, and then it doubles to six, you're going to need more money to be able to buy the food you normally buy. Um, A a wage increase only offsets inflation. Now, I I know that's one of the big arguments from the left, but don't act like, don't believe that this wage increase in minimum wage is going to be some kind of relief. In fact, it's only a stopgap. Well, let's take a look at what's going on specifically with Texas, because this is scary. And I want everybody to pay attention to this. Look, I I sometimes will promote these food bins. And it's crazy to me. Many on the left mock the idea. And it is just the left, right? The right doesn't do it. They mock the idea that sometimes there are storms. Sometimes there are hurricanes. Sometimes there are floods. I've never promoted this stuff saying, you know, the world is ending because I don't think it is. I just think sometimes it snows, you get stuck in your house, and you might need some extra food It's going to last you a little bit longer. Sometimes food expires. Maybe it makes sense to have something that doesn't. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to exclusive content. We got a bonus episode with James O'Keefe. We set this up that in the, in the event we get banned, there will still be somewhere our content exists. Being a member really does support the channel, but I, I, I am going to give a shout out to SafeAndReadyMeals.com. Full disclosure... This is a sponsor spot. This does help support my work, but I am, only, I am only promoting it now because I genuinely believe you need to understand what's going on. Texas, as I showed you, the stores have no food. Uh, there's, there's no guarantees, okay? But go to safeandreadymeals.com. They, you'll, you'll get an excellent deal off of these, these food storage bins. They last up to 25 years. You put them in storage, you forget about them. You don't buy these things because the world is ending. You buy them because right now in in Texas, a winter storm has shut down roads. It has disrupted the supply chain. And now people are going to the store and they can't find the goods they normally need. I'm not implying everyone's going to starve to death. But even with COVID, potential food inflation, there have been shortages. And you need to have something to keep you safe in the event that it rains. It's that simple. Sometimes there's a flood. The roads are shut down. They tell you to stay home for a few days. Do you have enough food, water, and supplies to last you in the event of an emergency? These videos and these photos coming out of Texas are absolutely crazy, man. There's one where where someone's got a bathtub full of ice. Yeah, because they tell you to fill up your bathtub in an emergency so you have a ton of extra water. But what happens when the heat cuts out because there's no power and then your home is freezing and you wake up in the morning to a giant block of ice in your bathtub? Apparently that actually happened to somebody. Check out safeandreadymeals.com. You can get these deals uh, on these on these emergency food supplies. Again, not because the world's ending. You just put them in, in storage. You store them properly and you forget about them. And then in the event you get trapped in one of these situations, at least you'll have some food. Here's the story from Texastribune.org. Texas running out of food as weather crisis disrupts supply chain. They report this state, this uh, the state's week of weather hell started with a deadly 133 car pileup outside of Fort Worth. A winter storm unlike any Texas has ever seen quickly followed. And seven days later, millions are without power and reliable water. And now Texans are running out of food from farm to table. Freezing temperatures and power outages are disrupting the food supply chain that people rely on every day. Across the state, people are using up supplies, get stockpiled and losing more as items start to spoil in dark refrigerators. Some are storing the remaining rations in coolers outside, and trips to the grocery store often do little to replenish pantries. Again, it, it is a sponsor. Safe and Ready Meals is a sponsor, but seriously, look at what they're saying. People having their food spoil, and they have to go to the store, and they're not finding what they need. Quote, it was out of meat, eggs, and almost all milk before I left, Crystal Porter, an Austin resident, said about our local Target which she visited Monday. Lines were wrapped around the store when she when we arrived. Shelves were almost fully cleared of potatoes, meat, eggs, and some dairy. Two days later, one of Porter's neighbors went to the same target and the store was completely out of food with no sign of additional shipments, arriving or employees restocking shelves. With grocery stores across the state shuttered for lack of power, supermarkets that remain open have seen supplies dwindle. Shortages that ripple over to food pantries that count on grocery store surplus to keep their own uh, shelves stocked. Meanwhile, fruit and vegetable crops in the Rio Grande Valley have frozen over in what the produce news described as Valentine's Day produce massacre. School districts from Fort Worth to Houston have halted meal distributions to students for the next several days. And Texas Department of Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller said dairy farmers around the state are pouring $8 million worth of milk down the drain every day because they can't get it to dairies. Celia Cole, the CEO of hunger relief organization Feeding Texas, said that so far eight food banks have asked the state for extra help feeding their communities. Several food banks affiliated with Feeding Texas have also started providing food supplies to emergency warming shelters in the state's major cities. Wednesday afternoon, the Central Food Bank of Texas canceled its deliveries scheduled for Thursday in Austin and Rockdale. Quote, the food bank's fleet equipment facilities and operations have been adversely impacted by the extremely low temperatures. And hazardous road conditions are hindering our staff and volunteers from getting to our buildings safely. The organization announced in, the media, in a media alert, these conditions are also keeping us from distributing food safely. That's what's happening in Texas. And many of you may be saying, Tim, you said this is going to impact me. Yes, yes, yes. Not in the, exactly, in the exact same way. But we do run the risk of what's called food inflation, Along with these shortages in this story from NY 360 price of wheat jumps, raising fear of food inflation. This is a more important subject in the long run. In the short term, the most important thing is to make sure the people of Texas are getting their food. But this is the stuff you need to pay attention to. Not everybody who's watching is going to be in Texas. And you need to understand what happens when this reaches you. I've already had friends talk to me because I've warned about this. They printed an insane amount of money. Look at this. This is the M1 money stock. And you can see at the beginning of last year, around January, there was just massive printing of money. It is around 60 or so, 70 percent of all U.S. dollars printed in the span of a year. You realize This is very likely going to lead to massive inflation. So I've had friends telling me they used to go to the store and spend 100, 200 bucks on groceries. The same amount of groceries is now costing them nearly double. And they were shocked. I went to the store. I went to one store. The price of milk was insane. I was surprised. And I wondered, are we really getting hit by this now so soon? Seems like it. Check this out. Wheat rose to a six year high in Chicago after a top exporter, Russia, said it's ratcheting up efforts to cool domestic food inflation by curbing grain exports. Russia said Friday that a new duty on shipments will rise even more than expected just a few weeks after being imposed in mid-February, and taxes will continue at some level after the current season ends in June. The government had announced an initial tax in December alongside a grain export quota after President Vladimir Putin demanded action following sharp increases in price for pantry staples. So this will have an impact, they say, while other wheat shippers like Australia have bumper harvests. Russia plays a vital role in the global supply and its grain will still be needed in the latter part of the season, said Andre Defoy, president of consultant strategy grains. Chicago wheat futures reached the highest since 2014. After the government announcement and Paris milling wheat is set for the biggest weekly gain in four years. I'm not going to bore you at the finer points, but how much of your food is derived from wheat? A lot of it. How much wheat is used to feed livestock? And imagine, I I, I don't know how much they actually use wheat for feeding livestock. I know corn and alfalfa, for instance, are are heavily used. But if the wheat becomes more expensive, your Pop-Tarts become more expensive, your hot dog buns, your bread... And anything that contains wheat or wheat byproducts or gluten, it is going to jump in cost. Now, here we go from Bloomberg. The world will pay more for meat as food inflation deepens. They say the COVID-19 pandemic upended food supply chains, paralyzing shipping, sickening workers that keep the world fed and ultimately raising consumer grocery costs around the globe last year. Now, farmers, especially ones raising cattle, hogs and poultry, are getting squeezed by the highest corn and soybean prices in seven years. It's lifted the cost of feeding their herds by 30 percent or more. To stay profitable, producers, including Tyson Foods Inc., are increasing prices, which will ripple through supply chains and show up in the coming months as higher price tags for beef, pork, and chicken around the world. You know what that means it means your Burger King, it means your Wendy's, your McDonald's, your Taco Bell, your KFC, your Arby's, whatever your your choice of fast food is. It's going to cost them more for everything. Prices are going to go up across the board. People are then going to demand raises. It's just going to keep going. With the increase in cost of food comes an increase in cost of everything. Workers need to eat. And if a worker at a fast food chain who normally gets a discount and spends six bucks on a meal at lunch now has to spend eight or nine, they're going to say, it's ain't enough money. If the workers need more money because they need to eat, the cost of services will go up. All of this will result in the value of your savings going down. Now, I'd imagine people without savings and people people who are in debt probably don't care about that because, well, they're trying to get food now. But that's ultimately what's going to be the scariest thing. It's going to impact you. It's going to impact everyone. There is a risk of global food shortages due to covid and it's increasing, says U.N. Envoy. This story from just the other day. How much of our time is spent bickering about dumb BS like Ted Cruz flying to Cancun? Meanwhile, did you even know this was happening? How many people didn't even click on this video because I think, who cares? Probably a lot would see this go by. Food shortages could impact you. And they're probably thinking, yeah, but can I dunk on Ted Cruz or AOC? Look, I get it, man. Politics are important. Arguing about what Ted Cruz is doing, I understand, and Cuomo especially. But do we get lost sometimes in not realizing what's happening all around us? Now, what if I were to tell you that we've already reached the point where citizens in in some cities are storming the dumpsters To get what spoiled food they might be able to eat from a grocery store. And the police are coming out to fight off the crowds that are trying to raid dumpsters. You'd say, Tim, surely we're not there yet. Things haven't gotten that bad, right? From Oregon Live. Portland police officers guard Fred Meyer dumpsters face off with residents seeking discarded food. (laughs) This is real. I guess because of the winter storm. People needed food. They tried raiding a dumpster and the police blocked them. First of all, dude, let the people eat their dumpster food. I'm not trying to rag on them. If people are that desperate, and they need food from a dumpster. Just let them have it. It's crazy to me. I remember uh, a long time ago in Chicago, I saw a bagel shop and their dumpster had a padlock on it. They were worried that if they throw away their day old bagels, which are still edible, but just not, you know, they can be a little stale. People would just stop buying the bagels and go raid the dumpster for the fresh bagels. Maybe they're right, but it's insane that that's how our system works, that we make the food and throw it in the garbage to be completely destroyed, eaten by rats, instead of letting a human being have it out of the dumpster. But more importantly, can you believe that we're actually at this point where this is happening in Oregon? They say, workers at the at the Hollywood West Fred Meyer threw away thousands of perishable items because the store, like many others, had lost power in an outage brought on by the region's winter storm. Images on social media showed mountains of packaged meat, cheese and juice, as well as whole turkeys and racks of ribs that had been tossed into two large dumpers dumpsters near the store. A few people gathered around 2 30 p.m. But within a few hours, people seeking food from the dumpsters began to report police officers showing up to guard the dumpsters. What is wrong with you? These cops, man. To me, this is nuts. Look, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people who will say that it is exploitative of me to promote emergency food supplies right now with what's going on in Texas and Portland and what may be coming with food inflation. I don't do that every day. I'm not going to scream in your face, a meteor is coming and you're all gonna die. I'm just saying sometimes it snows, man. A snowstorm hit Portland. It hit Texas. And I genuinely believe we need to be ready for what's what may come in the future due to inflation. And more importantly, just the inclement weather. I also think, man, are we really in that dystopian nightmare where people have to confront cops to get food from the dumpster? Yikes, man. They say Morgan McNiff, a resident of the neighborhood, said employees were guarding the dumpsters when they showed up to get some of the discarded food. McNiff began to film the employees and reported staff members threatened to call the police on them for doing so. The store manager called police shortly thereafter, McNiff said, and McNiff began live streaming the interaction on Instagram. After that, the other people started other people started showing up and asking them, why are you guys guarding a dumpster? About 15 people eventually gathered in an attempt to collect food. At that point, a dozen officers arrived at the scene. One officer wasn't wearing a mask and refused to put one on until a supervisor arrived arrived and brought him one. I don't care about the mask. Neither Portland police nor the store spokesperson responded to a request for comment. An employee from the store said they couldn't comment. Juniper Simonis, an environmental biologist and data scientist who arrived to document the police presence, said officers showed up and threatened those on hand with arrest, at which point the crowd moved across the street. Let me make this clear for all of you. Power outage. Winter storm hits Portland. Portland and Seattle, the Pacific Northwest doesn't normally get winter storms like this. It rains. So the store loses power and disposes of a ton of food and hungry people, because we are in a crisis, sought out that food and the police stopped them. In Texas, the stores are being stripped clean. Now, listen, I showed you this already. This just look for those that are listening and you can't see for You know, since this graph goes back to 1975, there is a steady increase in the M1 money stock. Eventually around, you know, it, it doubles a bit. By 1990, it's now around twice where it was in, you know, 15 years earlier. We can see that the money supply actually goes down a little bit. Something happens around 2008. That was the financial crisis. We can see the trajectory actually spikes. The M1 money stock starts to go up much more rapidly. Then... At the beginning of this year, we can see it skyrockets. The mass printing of money is going to hit everyone. Bloomberg reports inflation is coming. That might even be a problem. Upward pressure on prices is already easy to spot. And that's before the Democrats take over. That's right. Here we go. Let's rag on Democrats at least once in this food segment, right? Well, what Bloomberg is saying, when the Democrats were, you know, voted in when they won the Senate. People reacted by saying, "Here we go! They're going to mass print money. Inflation is going to hit." Surprise, surprise! Bitcoin hit fifty two thousand five hundred just the other day. I think it's probably still floating around the same spot, fifty one or so. Bitcoin, wow! Ten years ago, it was trading at less than seventy cents per Bitcoin. You could have bought when it was at a $1, dollar a hundred, and you would have five hundred thousand dollars right now. Ten years later. Because the dollar is unstable. Inflation will hit and it will impact everything. From Seeking Alpha, Federal Reserve Watch, inflation coming. Now, we're moving beyond food, mind you. But I think the, the food issue is principally what's the most important. Because if you don't eat, well, you die. Maybe you won't be able to buy that computer. Maybe you've been saving up for that new car. You can't. The cost's going to go way up. But if you can't afford milk or bread or meat, well, then you're in serious trouble. Summary from Seeking Alpha. Inflationary expectations are increasing and getting built into markets. The bond market has started to reflect Fed expectations. Larry Summers, former Treasury Secretary and top advisor to President Obama, has come out in opposition to Biden's 1.9. I believe it's a trillion dollar stimulus program, not billion as inflationary. Commercial banks, they say billion, though. Commercial banks already have $3.2 trillion in excess reserves, and with the Fed scheduled to purchase $120 billion in securities every month, there's going to be lots of money. Exactly where this money goes is the big question. It could flow into the circuit that supports economic activity, or it could primarily flow into the financial circuit. In the end, their five-year inflationary expectations at the close of business on Friday were calculated to be right around 2.3%. 10-year expectations, 2.2. I'm not so sure it's going to be that low. I don't want to play crazy games and say that I know better than The economists and we're going to see hyperinflation. But I got to tell you something. I'm just some dude on the internet complaining about his feelings, huh? That's right. When I look at the mass printing of this money, it's never been done before. Look at this chart again. I just want, want, we've been tracking this for months. It's never happened before. Doesn't that imply We're going to see something we've never seen before. We have no idea what this will do. Food banks are seeing volunteers disappear and supplies evaporate as COVID fears mount. All right, let's go back in time, my friends. Food and cash donations have sharply decreased, even as the logistics of feeding the hungry have become more complex. This is from the Washington Post back in March of last year. They say that people weren't donating anymore. There was no donations of foods or cash, and the volunteers were leaving. Well, they needed work and they needed food as well. Will this happen again this year, my friends? I think the answer is yes. According to Disclose.tv, Dr. Fauci now says he doesn't expect normality until around Christmas. In January, he said it would be early autumn. And we've heard exactly that from other Democrats. They think that it's not going to be until winter that things can return to normal. Now, initially, with the COVID lockdown, there was a bit of a panic. We're kind of past that now stores are getting their supplies. But what about inflation? And what about inclement weather? Is it possible the COVID lockdowns will, will exacerbate the lack of ability for people to get food? Perhaps. Is the stimulus package going to do anything about it? I think the answer is no. But here's what's going on from Vox. Congress is writing up Biden's stimulus plan. Here's what's in it. They say the stimulus checks, universal uh, UI. I'm assuming is that what is that universal income, or and a $15 minimum wage. The state of the House stimulus bill so far, I, I think it's not universal. But let's read. They say yes, it is 1.9 trillion dollars. The House of Representatives has been busy drafting its version of the budget reconciliation package, which includes $1,400 stimulus checks for those making up to 75,000, $400 expanded weekly unemployment insurance benefits. It's unemployment insurance. Sorry through August 29th, and as as it stands now, increasing the minimum wage to $15 by 2025 is going to get bad, man. Well, We're going to need a minimum wage increase. I'm not a big fan of the idea of the minimum wage, but there will be serious problems if we see massive inflation, especially around food, and people can't afford to do it. I think we're dangerously close to food riots. They say it also contains a restaurant rescue fund. Money for reopening schools and Democrats long sought after funding for state and local governments, among other items. There it is. The mismanagement of many states will now be covered by the federal government. The biggest ticket items have been among them the most contentious, though there was some discussion of further targeting for stimulus checks. The House proposal winds up pretty close to Biden's original plan. The fourteen hundred dollar stimulus checks are for those making up to seventy five K a year and the checks phase out at one hundred. The expanded weekly unemployment benefits are currently set at $300 and expire on March 14th. This bill expands them to 400 through August 29th and extends the pandemic and extends pandemic related benefits for freelancers and contractors, along with extended state benefits for the same period that shaves one month of Biden's proposal. One big question mark in the House proposal is the federal minimum wage, which the bill would raise to $15 an hour by 2025. There are important questions as to whether a minimum wage hike can get through the reconciliation process and make it past the Senate parliamentarian. But for now, at least, Democrats are determined to fight for it. Our strategy is to make an aggressive case with the parliamentarian, one Democratic Senate aide said, noting Republicans were able to include work requirements for beneficiaries of social programs and open up Arctic wildlife refuge in past reconciliation bills. These are some pretty outlandish policies that were able to pass muster. Fourteen hundred dollars. Is that going to be enough? The answer is no, obviously. You think that this check is going to be enough to stave off what is coming if we don't have people getting back to work? I don't think these politicians care. I think they just want to put a band aid on a bullet wound, essentially. They want to act like they're doing something, but the truth is, we're still constrained. Unless we reopen the economies, this is all for what? For nothing. And now with this winter weather and this very serious uh, storm that's hitting across the country, it's just a recipe for disaster. I've long advocated for reopening the economy, protecting the vulnerable, those with uh, uh, compromised immune systems and the elderly, allowing people to work. And they said no. And it was probably for political reasons. They didn't want to look bad. They didn't want to agree with Trump. And in the end, the result was a devastated economy and no support from the government. I think the mass printing of money is going to be a very devastating and bad thing. It's going to result in massive uh, spikes in food prices that are coming. Food shortages, very likely because of the lockdown. We've already seen it. And now the, the Democrats, with all the power of the government, can't get the American people a $2,000 check. 2000 To a lot of people, it's a lot of money. To a lot of people, it's more they've ever had at one time. But with the costs of everything going up, will it even really matter? I mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago. Something you can try. I I needed to buy a tablet for work-related stuff. So I went on Amazon and I found a tablet. And I forgot. I, for some reason, just didn't get it. A day or so passed and I got a notification saying, this product in your shopping cart has seen a price increase. It went up like 130 bucks in a couple days. Because what you need to understand about inflation is that it's going to cut your buying power, particularly with those overseas. That means imported goods goods will become much more expensive. That's exactly what I was reading in the other article about wheat from Russia. They produce wheat, they export it, we, sh- we send food all over the world. Well, exports will become more expensive when the dollar can get you less and then people in Russia don't want it that much. Now, between two people in the US, we can probably trade for our own food and the prices will remain somewhat the same, though it probably will still inflate because inflation will affect everybody. It's the imported goods where you're going to see you're going to get hit the worst. And I don't know whether it's intentional or not, it's absolutely perfect in the end for the great reset. People are eating way less, consuming way less, less goods are being produced, people are traveling way less, all in all, it's probably great for the planet if you're one of if you if you're one of those uh if you're one of these people who think that climate change is going to destroy the world in a few years, which it's not, it's not true, you know, science doesn't say that. But, of course, it doesn't stop people like Greta Thunberg or AOC from saying it. I'm sure they're happy with what's going on. People with no kids, no family, no responsibility, nothing to lose. You know, they don't care if they go from, you know, from negative one to negative two or just stay at the bottom. People who have fought hard and worked hard to provide for themselves and their families now seeing it all stripped away are probably not going to be too happy with it. If the standard of living is destroyed much too quickly, people will revolt and things will get bad. So I wonder if they're just doing things slow enough to stave off food riots. We got close last year. We got close. It didn't happen outright, though. So I wonder if in the end. People just finally say, "I'm mad as hell, and I can't, I'm not going to take it anymore." Or will they just be complacent? I've long said that so long as people are fat and happy, they won't protest. They'll mind their own business and say, "Leave me alone." But what happens when people have no choice? Food. It's long been said that the the catalyst, the primary catalyst for revolution, would be the cost of food. If someone is working a full time job and that full time job does not provide them enough to eat, then eventually they're going to go nuts because you're dying you're losing. If the cost of water, I mean, that's even worse because that you have even less time. People need water. I imagine there are a lot of people now who are going to see their income slashed, who are already struggling, and they're going to see no relief coming from government. And that's what's, what's really worrying to me. We're sitting on a powder keg. Food shortages have already hit due to a storm. Hopefully this passes. The initial food shortages due to COVID have passed as well. But if the inflation is the next thing to come, then people are still going to be left without food. I hope you consider this. I'm not saying the world is going to end, you know, but I think you should be prepared to a certain degree. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight. YouTube.com slash Timcast live at 8 p.m. We will see you all there. Thanks so much for hanging out. Come hang out, super chats, and don't forget to go to Timcast.com. Become a member for exclusive members-only content, and I'll see you all in the next segment. A winter storm is wreaking havoc across this country. In Texas, the grid is failing and millions of people are without power. People who don't know how to deal with winter weather are seeing pipes burst in their homes because it's getting so cold. A little bit of advice to everybody, double check this for sure. But we were always told in Chicago, keep the water running. You're in an old building, the pipes can get cold. You just get the water to run a little bit and that will uh, prevent the freezing, the cracking, the exploding. Anyway, Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, who's supposed to be a leader, did one of the dumbest things a politician could do, and he hopped on a plane to Cancun while people in his state were suffering. Now, I got to be honest with you, everybody. There's not a whole lot Ted Cruz could do as a senator right now. The Senate is not in session. I suppose he can just sit around and wallow, you know, in the power outage. Maybe he should or As a political leader, he could, I don't know, provide food, warm food, blankets or something. Look, I'm not saying it's the job of Ted Cruz to go around on a blanket drive or anything like that, but optics matter. And right now, the number one trend on Twitter is Ted Cruz flying to Cancun. Well, the the big news is he apparently turned around already. But wow, what were you thinking, dude, flying to Cancun at a time like this? It's just silly, but I got to be I, I got to be fair. I don't care. I really do not care. And I think the people on the left who are claiming they do care are lying. And I think Republicans are too stupid, the politicians, mind you, to figure out they're being lied to. Did we see this level of outrage a number one trend when it was announced <clears throat> that Governor Cuomo, for instance, literal governor of a whole state, murdered people? Mm. What about a uh, let me let me ask you if you maybe you'll disagree with me on this one. If there was Ted Cruz flying to Cancun, right, in the middle of this crisis or the governor of New York facing an FBI probe into the killing and cover up of thousands of people, which one do you think the Democrats would push as the number one trend? I know many of you are saying, come on, Tim. If there was breaking news about Cuomo being investigated for literally killing people and covering it up, of course, the good hearted and honest Democrat media would be focused exclusively on that. Yes, we should criticize Ted Cruz, but it's not like there's breaking news about uh, New York Governor Cuomo under investigation for nursing home deaths. Oh, wait, I'm reading the title from ABC News. And guess what? It's not trending. No kidding. Take a look at this. The number one trend right now is Ted Cruz. What's happening? Senator Ted Cruz travels to Cancun amid crisis in Texas. Fox News, AP and CNN report. Okay, it does say that Cuomo is trending politics, trending 209000 tweets. So I decided to uh, look into it. And it turns out it's not really trending Cuomo. At least, you know, when I checked it last time, the number one trend is Ted Cruz. The number one trend is Ted Cruz. So I looked down saying, is any is Cuomo in here at all? Thursday vibes, Johnny Cage, Sub-Zero, Legolas, <laughs> okay, Saudi Arabia, AFC, Brent Yoko. No, it's not trending. Cuomo may be politically trending for some people, but the number one trend in the United States right now is Ted Cruz. So don't you come to me and tell me there is no double standard. The Democrats don't care about what's really going on that's important. They just want an excuse to attack a Republican. Here's the news from KHOU. They say Senator Ted Cruz has flown to Mexico for a family vacation as his home state suffers through a winter storm crisis, according to multiple reports. The high profile Republican senator traveled with his family for a long planned trip to Cancun and was expected to return immediately according to a source with direct knowledge of the situation, who spoke on the condition of anonymity. It's not clear if the return flight was booked because of the uproar by angry, frustrated Texans, but flight records show crews apparently upgraded to business class under his real name of Raphael for the afternoon return flight. Oh, interesting. Millions of people across the state have suffered without power during bitter cold weather, followed by busted pipes and low or no water pressure. Meanwhile, photos of Twitter show Cruz at the airport and apparently on the flight headed to Sun, Surf and Sand. It's an understatement to say his constituents are heated after hearing the news. Texas State Rep, Rep Gene Wu is among those roasting Cruz on Twitter. I have so many expletives. Wu tweeted, well, at least it's on brand. What's what's Ted Cruz supposed to do? Is there a lockdown? Ted Cruz can't leave? No, he can leave. Should Ted Cruz not be able to take a vacation? I mean, I suppose he should be, he should be able to take a vacation. Optically, I think it's bad. But really, what would he be doing? Sitting at home? Like I mentioned earlier, maybe the dude could do a sandwich drive or a soup drive. I mean, people are cold right now. They could use some leadership. Senator Ted Cruz represents Texas to the federal government, to the state, to the federal government. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have some responsibilities, OK? I look at like AOC, for instance, and she represents New York's 14th, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think the 14th. And she's not a local politician. So when people complain that she's not there helping people and I'm like, well, come on, listen, she's there to represent you to the federal government for federal policy. Ted Cruz is the same. If you're having issues at home, I do think it's silly to criticize politicians for what they should be doing back at home to a certain degree. I think AOC and Ted Cruz should still be active in their community. I think they should still be there, and I think they should be working to help people and then learning about the problems, going to the federal government and bringing up those issues. But the the big picture here is it's faux outrage, man. They don't really care. They just hate. They hate you. They hate Ted Cruz. That's what they want to do. There you go. He says, haha, wait, flying coach waiting to be upgraded. For the optics, they are millionaires. But flying out during a statewide disaster is fine for PR. I love it. Ted Cruz may be a millionaire. I recently pulled up a fact check to look into his net worth, and he may be a millionaire. <clears throat> Does that mean you spend 30 grand on a family of five first class tickets? No, and don't get me wrong. I- I- I'm sorry. Let me clarify. Why buy a first class ticket when you know you're getting upgraded? So apparently he's on the upgrade list. When I used to fly all the time, I had, what is it, Executive Platinum American Airlines? I was always in first class. Anybody who flies knows you don't waste money on first class tickets unless it's for like a business thing. You're flying someone out and they don't have frequent flyer miles or a plan. But someone like Ted Cruz, he's probably got some bonus program and he buys a coach ticket and they upgrade him. It's that simple. Is anyone really mad that he's flying a coach? This is just so dumb. Oh, here comes The Daily Show. Heartbreaking. One Texas resident had to travel over 1,700 miles to find heat, water, and electricity. Oh, ha, 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 ha. It's very funny. Cruz was recently in hot water over his role in the insurrection. Yeah, 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 sure. In an interview with KHOU, Cruz condemned the rioters and called Trump's rhetoric reckless, but denied that he himself shared any of the blame, simply because he was following the constitutional process. Here's what I love so much about today's current news cycle. Damn Dan Rather. Ah, the famous journalist Dan Rather once called me the future of journalism or something to that effect. He said, let's be fair. Dunking on Ted Cruz is sort of like dunking on a three foot three foot rim. <laughs> it's so funny that our journalists are just comedian activists now. Bravo. Good, sir. But do you really care or are you a tribalist? That's it. A tribalist. I love it. Here we go. Ted Cruz is already returning from Cancun amid severe backlash. He was spotted trying to upgrade to business class today. There you go. Dude's coming back. It was a huge mistake. Ted, that was dumb. I love this article from the Daily Beast, though. They say if Ted Cruz had any shame, he'd resign and stay in Cancun. They just want him out. They want power. They are lying. They did not care. When Gavin Newsom was spotted at a restaurant violating COVID protocols, they did not care when Nancy Pelosi was at a salon, calling it a setup. I'm allowed to get a haircut. They did not care when Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago said she needed to go get a haircut when businesses were shut down. So spare me your hypocrisy and your fake attempts at at seeming outraged. But I love how 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 daft people are. Too many people Just fall for this stuff. Clearly not the people watching this segment. Maybe you're a new viewer and maybe now you're realizing that it's all, I don't know, I guess fake news. Just think about this for one second. I showed you the trend. The number one trend in politics is Ted Cruz. And on the top list of 29 trends, the word Cuomo does not appear. Cuomo right now is being investigated because he literally killed the elderly You think I'm making this up? New York governor under investigation for nursing home deaths. So thank you all for sitting through me roasting the media and the fake outrage over Ted Cruz and telling you what's going on. But this is the real issue. This is what we need to be talking about. And maybe now you've clicked this about Ted Cruz and you'll learn the the truth. What actually matters. Governor Cuomo of New York had the opportunity to put sick people on that medical ship, the Mercy, I believe it was called, or in the Javits Center. He decided, well, the elderly are the most vulnerable, so let's take sick people and put them in these nursing homes. And he wasn't the only one. My question to you is, while Cuomo is politically trending, not in the United States, but just in politics, I suppose, why isn't that number one? Why should I care that Ted Cruz is is pulling some BS and flying out on vacation when he needs to be a leader in his community? It's bad, sure. But why should I care about that over this? This is breaking news from just last night. The FBI and federal prosecutors in Brooklyn are investigating Governor Andrew Cuomo's coronavirus task force with a particular focus on his administration's handling of nursing homes early in the coronavirus pandemic. Two sources familiar with the matter told ABC News. I'd also like to point out I'm not a big fan of two sources familiar with the matter. Who are these people? What are they doing? And why should I believe you? Well, We'll take them at their word, I suppose. The investigation first reported by the Albany Times Union is in its initial stages. Subpoenas have been issued, the sources said. The FBI declined to comment, as did the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York. The full scope of the investigation is not immediately clear, but the sources said there was a particular interest in nursing homes, which have been a source of increasing frustration for Cuomo. Last week, an aide conceded the administration withheld the nursing home death toll from state lawmakers. Out of fear, it would be used against the state by the Trump administration. Quote, he starts tweeting that we killed everyone in nursing homes. Melissa DeRosa, an aide, said Uh, uh, she's uh, a transcript which was provided to uh, ABC News by DeRosa. Quote, he starts going after Governor Phil Murphy, Governor Gavin Newsom, Governor Gretchen Gretchen Whitmer. He directs the Department of Justice to do an investigation into us. And basically, we froze. Because then we were in a position where we weren't sure if what numbers we were going to give to the DOJ or what we give to you guys was going to be used against us. DeRosa told the legislators, we weren't sure if there was going to be an investigation. Cuomo killed, I think it's like 13,600 people. Now, we don't know the exact number that he's responsible for because some of these people already were getting sick. But putting sick people in these nursing homes resulted in death. I got really mad. I was screaming about it. The bigger picture here is the FBI investigation is underway. Cuomo should be in prison. What is the media feeding you right now? What are the top trends? Ted Cruz went on a business class trip for vacation. And look, not good optics, not good leadership, but so what? He's not killing any any, anybody. Cuomo literally did this. This brings me to the big problem we're facing today. Well, first, I'll point out this tweet from Mike Cernovich. He says, there's literally nothing Ted Cruz could be doing in Texas. This is a state issue and Congress isn't in session. Cruz can call remotely. But he says, uh, fire the advisor who didn't veto this trip. Going to Cancun during a power outage is like AI generated outrage content. That's true. That's definitely true. But I highlight this tweet from Mike Cernovich to bring up the bigger point. Why is it that the number one trend right now in the country is Ted Cruz and not Cuomo? It's because it's not just the media. ABC News obviously is covering Ted Cruz and they are covering Cuomo. The issue is that Twitter, the the main platform, censors those who support Donald Trump or who are on the right. So think about what that means. Let's say you have a 100 conservatives and a 100 leftists, liberals, left, whatever, left tribe, right tribe on the right. Twitter says we're going to ban 30% of these individuals because they are far right. Now there's only 70 individuals. On the left, however, you have fringe far left extremists like Antifa advocating and organizing violence, and Twitter ignores them. Each of them puts out a tweet. All the left tribe says, Ted Cruz, and all the right tribe says, Cuomo. The algorithm sees 100 tweets, Ted Cruz, and the algorithm sees 70 tweets, Cuomo. Guess which one trends? But it's more than that. It's even when you do get conservative personalities talking about Ted Cruz. That's why when I tweeted, I said, I know that Ted Cruz pulled some BS, but I want to talk about Cuomo. That contributes to the tweets pushing up Ted Cruz, but I neutralized it by including Cuomo as well. Twitter is dominated by a rule base benefiting the left and allowing them to get their topics to trend and thus control the news cycle. There's not enough uh, conservatives tweeting about what really matters, not even conservatives, just. People in general, there are establishment cronies and useful idiots who will put out whatever helps the Democrats and ignore whatever hurts them. Twitter itself is complicit. When the Hunter Biden story came out, what did they do? They literally blocked it. And so did Facebook. Where do you think we're going if this is what remains of uh, this is what social media does? Then the narrative will always skew left conservatives will keep playing, you know, catch up and chasing after the narrative. And I got to be honest, Ted Cruz should not have come back. He shouldn't have. He should have stood his ground 100%. Instead, he looks like a loser. You know what I would do? First of all, I wouldn't go to Cancun during a crisis. But if I had a scheduled vacation and it slipped my mind, and I made the mistake and I took a vacation and then everyone freaked out, I'd literally ignore it. And I just What's the problem? You're, wait, I'm, I'm confused. Why? I'd make the I'd put the stress on them. How dare you fly to Cancun during a pandemic? I'd be like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not during a during a winter storm. Sorry, not the pandemic. I would just be like, I'm sorry. What's the issue? Well, people in your state, you know, are suffering. Like, I'm like, it's, it's terrible. I'm so sorry to hear this. You know, we definitely want to make sure they get everything they need and the federal aid. But I'm sorry. What, why are you mad? Well, because you're abandoning your constituents when they need you most. What is it you think I do? (laughs) Is Ted Cruz, like I said, going to do a soup drive? I suppose he could. He should have stood his ground. He should have just said, well, I'm going on vacation. Sorry. Congress isn't in session. What do you think? What do you think it is I do? Instead, like always, these people just get on their knees. Ted Cruz drops to his knees and he begs them, please like me. You know what I'd have done? I'd I'd put my feet up in business class, and I'd be like, "Who wants a statement?" And I'd be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'm currently on my way to Cancun for a long-planned vacation." I know that many people are without power and suffering. For them, uh, I, you know, I, I want to, I want you all to be well. I hope you're safe. And uh, Congress isn't in session. There's not a whole lot I can do, but you know, hopefully, everybody will be uh, will will be safe and we'll do what we can. And uh, I'll be readily available. First of all, he shouldn't have done it, but but. He should just say, I'd also like to announce there is an FBI investigation into Governor Cuomo, who literally killed people. He could use this opportunity to direct the energy towards something that matters. He didn't do this. Republicans never do this. Republicans only ever suckle the teat of the left and the Democrats desperate to be liked. What did Nancy Pelosi say when she got caught? violating the pandemic lockdown. It was a setup. This woman, she's the one who's at fault. And guess what? They defended her. They said, oh, that was a trick. That lady knew. Ted Cruz immediately falls to his knees, sobbing, crying, please. I'm so sorry. Look, man, Ted Cruz is cool for a lot of reasons. He's done a lot of good things. But come on. First of all, don't do dumb things like this. Seriously, what is wrong with Republicans? Secondly, when you do, just own it. That's why people liked Trump, to be honest. He'd go golfing while they ragged on him and he was like, Yep. He would just tweet these things and mock people and say, I don't care. It was the first time conservatives probably saw this or the first time in a long time, where somebody was finally gonna go, like, oh, look at they're all mad about it. Watch me hit this drive, you know, swing this driver. What I don't know anything about golf. Watch me slam this, this, this golf ball. Just go for it. It's been a long time since, uh, I mean, I've never seen it. All I see is the media pretends to be outraged over something that's stupid. And then the Republicans just give in and apologize and play to the narrative of the left. And this is exactly what Ted Cruz has just done. He was spotted on a plane and he could have been like, so what? That's what he should have done. That's what I'd have done. So what? Shut up. I don't care about what the media thinks the people were complaining, never cared in the first place. Gavin Newsom violated his lockdown multiple times and threatened to take people's water away for for uh, at practicing their First Amendment rights to gather. And now you're mad that I'm on a plane to go somewhere warm for a couple of days. So what? No strength. No spine. Combine that with the censorship uh, that we see on social media. And I think it's obvious. Republican leadership is an oxymoron. It doesn't exist. The Republican politicians have been long too stupid to deal with big tech censorship. And now you can see what's happening in Australia. Well, why do I care about these people? You think I care about Republicans? I can appreciate Ted Cruz doing good things when he does them. I can appreciate AOC when she does good things. Fine. Ted Cruz tends to be better than AOC, at least in my opinion. I know many on the left will probably disagree. They hate the guy. But you're not going to convince me anybody actually cares about what Ted Cruz is doing. You're not. So my friends, I implore you, please look into what's going on with Cuomo. He killed people, many of them. And I, I, don't, I don't just say that. A guy, somebody, I mean, I'm assuming it was a guy, literally wrote a big banner that said Cuomo killed my mom and he draped it over a road. I think it was in New I'm pretty sure it was in New York because Cuomo was, was putting sick people in nursing homes. I want that to be the narrative. That's what should be trending at the very least, grow a spine, Republicans. Stop pandering to the narrative. It's so pathetic. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.